Hello, and welcome to the Friendly Dissonance Podcast, episode 13, Cheese. <laughs> we are two people in a relationship who have vastly differing opinions on politics, economics, and the world, but through discussion. And not argument, because I won't let him. We explore each other's ideas and come to a better understanding of the person we love. Probably not going to be that much... Politics, economics, although definitely the world. Well, we could be talking about politics of cheese. The politics of cheese. Because there is I, stuff, you I'm know. I'm sure there is politics yeah, no. of cheese. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what we do here is we come to the table with a topic, we discuss it, and then we ask you what you think about it. I am CJ. I'm Abnormal One. And you can reach us on Twitter via our official Twitter page at Friendly, Friendly Dissonance. Uh, the dissonance is shortened because Twitter, but it's at friendly D I S S N C E. D I S S N C E D I S S N C E. So we we've approached some heavy topics. We've approached some light topics on this podcast after thirteen episodes. This is possibly the lightest topic. No, of no, cheese. no. The, well, we did do the recipes. Did the second one come out ever? I'm actually not sure. I have to double check that. Uh, it did not. Probably not. Okay, well, I still have more editing to do. Um, that was a long one. That, it, it was a very long one with the recipes. Oh. 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 Anyway, we're oh, here today to talk about my cheese. My bless me toes. <laughs> so today, um, Abby cooked me some delicious and amazing macaroni and cheese. I've never made it, like, the correct way before. It's always been, like, a box or... Well, for one thing... Why did we do? Why did we do this? Because there have been very few macaroni and cheese dishes that I've really liked. They just were something that never really appealed to me, starting from whenever I had them as a kid, and and I just really never understood why so many people like it so much and why it's like a comfort food for so many people. I it just it just never did that for me. So. I wanted to have uh, the best chef that I know cook me up some macaroni and cheese and see if if she could make it like supremely amazing and just attack my mouth with awesomeness. And uh, she did. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah. That was a really weird. That was really. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I mean. I'd never done it the correct way with a bechamel sauce and, like, just three blocks of cheese. It's three. Uh, Macaroni and cheese is not cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I would say it can be cheap. Oh, yeah. If you're going to make it to the way that I like it, it's probably not going to be cheap. No, I, I mean... I've seen it done. I've seen people argue about it and say, you know, oh, no, Sandra's bringing the macaroni and cheese this year. Ugh, gross. But I I, usually whenever I've had it is from the box, which is, I swear to God, it is like crack. I I, I mean, I've never had crack before, but I assume it's like (laughs) box macaroni and cheese. (laughs) It's just, it's fast. It fills you up, and you never want to stop eating it until you hate yourself. <laughs> and, and I just don't have the same experience with box macaroni and cheese. Like, like 
I will eat it because I am hungry and it is there. So like the cheap and filling part makes sense, but it's like a last, I would rather have a, a ham and cheese sandwich with no condiments or anything. That is how much I do not care for the box macaron. It is sustenance. And that is all that it gives to me is sustenance. That's because you didn't put hot dogs in it. Okay, sure. I, <laughs> I, I don't recall putting hot dogs in it. I loved it with hot dogs. But I, uh, then my mom would make it with Velveeta cheese, which actually I thought was the correct way to make it because it was so creamy. That is how my mom made yeah. it. Yeah. That, that I remember. There was like the there was like Kraft macaroni cheese, which I think comes with the powder. Yeah. And the stuff. That's, that, that's the kind. And there, that's there's the horrible. boxed Velveeta you can get, which yeah, is. That's no, the, no, no. I mean, not the box. My mom used to make it with getting a loaf of Velveeta yeah. cheese. But you could also buy the Velveeta box that had a sauce. Oh, so it was like Velveeta sauce instead yeah. of. Okay. You put the sauce on. It was basically uh, a. I don't know, industry. In, in, industrial industrial cheese, cheese sauce yeah. no because like it's like because bechamel with the cheese melted in it mm-hmm. is a cheese sauce it's basically an industrial cheese sauce with all of like the soy lecithins and yeah. things in it but but that got us to talking a little bit about cheese in general because cheese is pretty awesome uh the, the cheeses with that were used in the macaroni and cheese i say we made it it was 80%, 90% you. I mixed a couple things. Yeah, I asked stuff. you to I asked you to mix things <laughs> while I was whisking the bechamel. And then I grabbed because, things. Because otherwise the 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 well, I didn't use mac- macaroni. I used cannellini or something. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's right there. Cannelli, Capanelli. Sure. Campanelli. It's way over in the kitchen. Can barely read the box. It was I bought it because they didn't have very many varieties of pasta because of, I don't know, shortage. Yeah. It's Any, very weird shortages. Yeah. That's beside the board. Was there a cheese shortage, did you notice, whenever you were No. Uh, the thing is, you're not going to have a cheese shortage in, in the United States because we, one, um, we literally create too much cheese, like real, like actually good cheese that they have to either hold it or destroy it in order to not let our like dairy be worth nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm not kidding. There, I cannot remember the year, but there was this big debacle, this big thing about this dairy cave, essentially, that uh, they were not allowed to sell any more of their cheeses to market because otherwise uh it would have killed the dairy industry um i don't really think it would have but they're uh, they, 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 like so like so many industry, things they artificially they artificially try to keep the prices keep, keep higher the prices high. like so, the cranberries so they're and, subsidizing dairy farmers yeah. at the expense of the consumer yeah excellent that's what i love about america so anyways, um Hey, we didn't think there that, that cheese politics. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the reason why I want to bring that up that we in America we make so much cheese and this for all of our for all of our non-American um uh, listeners, um this is a big this is a big point of contention um that I have with y'all. Um uh, is essentially the old joke of there is no real cheese in America. And that's completely 
bunk. You think American cheese, Velveeta, Cheese Whiz, and sp- spray cheese is the only kind of cheese we have. The American sandwich cheese. Yeah. Is the only kind of cheese we have or know of. Um, And it drives me crazy because you can walk into pretty much any grocery store in America and be met with so many different kinds of Fancy butt cheese, like just fancy as hell cheese. Yeah. All directly from even some, depending on the kind of locally made mm-hmm. cheese. Um, pure, got goat cheese and buffalo cheese and just tons of different kinds. Bison cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. There, like we, you go to the store and you can get it in like there's there's typically in, in grocery stores there's the cheap cheese section yeah and then there's the expensive cheese section yeah. the cheap cheese section is in the little refrigerator door the expensive cheese is usually on a little refrigerated island out in the middle of the grocery store but you go to the cheap cheese section and you look down and at the very bottom are the huge bundles of American cheese mm-hmm. those are the the singles, like the Kraft singles or the Sam's American Choice singles or the... Uh, everyday ev- value. Everyday yeah. value or whatever yeah, what singles. And I'm not a big fan of the singles, of the, as we'll call it, American cheese, because I don't know what else it's it, called. It's literally called American cheese. Yeah. But there's a couple of things about American cheese that are good. It is, as, as so many of our... Uh, European friends would tell us it's not even real cheese it's a cheese product which is kind of true but it's also not quite true it is it is a cheese product it's specifically made manufactured to melt they have stabilizers and emulsifiers in it as well as preservatives and real cheese that they um this it goes for uh Velveeta as well, which mm-hmm. is I don't know. After, I don't even know what Velveeta exactly is. <laughs> it's a doorstop, but um, it is essentially manufacture, mind you, not you know homemade. It is a bechamel, essentially a chemically bechamel, but a bechamel with melted cheese in it. And then they solidify it into a block and slice it so that when you melt it, it melts really smoothly like a cheese sauce in a, in a macaroni and cheese does. Um, or, you know, like what you want for a really nice grilled cheese to have a really ooey gooey center. Um, it's easy to mass produce them and have a little bit of good cheese go a long way. And that's what you also do with whatever leftover stuff you have from making your good cheese. Mm-hmm. But not all, not all <laughs> the putting, cheese. Or putting your yeah. good cheese into something. And, and not all the cheese that is made is going to be great quality cheese. You need some no. cheese to go out there to the mass market. And there it's a good way to do take that cheese. And, and then you were, like, you were making the, the bechamel, which mm-hmm. is a really fun word. I have no idea how to spell it. B E. C H E M E L. There's a bitch. Yeah. Okay. There's an accent on one of them. I can't bechamel. remember. Bechamel. Bechamel. 
But so yeah, it's it's got uh, like the butter and the, we had the bacon grease in there. Mm-hmm. But it has like butter in there and flour and then uh, milk and cheese. Well, the bechamel itself is actually just the butter, the roux, which is the butter and the flour, mm-hmm. which um, you you put those two together so that it can thicken your yeah. sauce, um, and then you put in a milk. Um, product. I used 2%, so I try not to be as thick, but it was a thick boy. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to get, um, well, like, a lot of the recipes call for like heavy cream. And I'm like, I am going to immediately have a heart attack when I eat this food. <laughs> but anyways, so then you put, you, you put in the milk product. Um, it's not a bechamel, but it's a style to make lots of gravies. You do the same with like whatever meat juice or stock that you're doing. Then you're you're doing that or several other kinds of sauces. So that's essentially what you can do. But in with a bechamel, it's a cream based, and then you just start piling in your shredded cheese. Um, and yeah, so that's what you do. That's that's essentially the same way they make. The Velveeta blocks that that they make the American cheese slices. That's how they make cheese it or cheese whiz, cheese whiz, yeah. cheese whiz um, which is actually made by a dude from Wales who wanted to have a cheese sauce so he could have Welsh rarebit um, as often as he liked because he was his favorite little comfort food for himself. It, it no longer tastes like that because it is less cheese and more yellow goo. But uh, they, they Whatever literally that hello goo no, might they, be. they they he, when cheese was got bought out mm-hmm. uh, by Kraft, I think. I think Kraft, yeah. Um, they made it improved finger quotes that you can't see. Um, oh, it's improved for their bottom line in the in the eighties or nineties, and uh, made it less cheese flavored and more cheese was flavored. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. But consider when these products were made, refrigeration and things like that were not standard. America is a big place. Um, and in order to get a lot of these foods out to a lot of these different places, preserving it was really the only way. And what an easy way to preserve some of these things and make a little go a long way. Yeah. And if people complain about preservatives, there is... Nothing wrong with preservatives. Preservatives are good, in, actually. Because, in, in, a, in a to a degree, yeah, to 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 a good degree, I would say it's it's a good thing because preservatives means that you can buy more food for less expensive money and keep it in your refrigerator for longer. It's one of the reasons why we do things like can mm-hmm. freeze um, preservative. People say, "Oh, preservatives are bad," but. The discussion around it is actually bad because it's the same kind of bad faith a lot of people have with these kinds of discussions in that they blanket statements a lot of this stuff. Gosh, if you say preservatives are bad, then we should not can anything. We should not put salt on most things. We should not dry them. We should not um, put them in the freezer. We should not do a lot of the things that we do to try to help our food last longer. Well, but I just mean the chemical preservatives. Oh, do you mean like, I don't know, salt? It's a chemical. 
We use it to preserve things. No, I mean those chemicals I can't pronounce. Oh, you mean like phosphates? Yeah. Phosphates are natural and come from actual fruits and vegetables and meats. Well, I mean the really weird ones that big food is pushing onto us. Okay. Turn us into zombies or something. Okay, so soy lecithin, which is literally made of soy and other, well, there are other things. There are other chemicals. My the one well, huge problem. Well, soy has estrogen, so it's going to okay. turn us all. <laughs> so one of the huge problems, yes, of absolutely, is the overuse of these chemical pres- preser- preservation techniques. Instead of you know canning things and putting the expectation toward uh, to you mm-hmm. that you'll have to do something to make this taste better, they you know you have canned beans. It tastes like crap. You have to do a lot to make canned beans taste good. Bacon? <laughs> Essentially, it's the only way. But, you know, you could freeze them. Um, that's not shelf-stable in a place where you don't have adequate, you know, refrigeration. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry. And, and it's not going to last no. as long as canning. No. So the discussion around preservation of food needs nuance. And let's be fair, no... No one's going to nuance anything. My God. It, it reminds me whenever we were at the uh, uh, museum in, in Dallas. The, uh, yeah. oh, what was it? The Ross Perot Museum. Was it the Ross Perot it's Museum? H. Ross Perot Museum. You're right. And there was the uh, the display. And it was talking about the, the goodness of natural food and the badness of the, of the non-natural food. So it's like, let's compare the ingredients of orange juice... And, I don't know, it's probably like Sunny D or something like that. And it's like, what are the ingredients of orange juice? Oranges. What are the ingredients of Sunny D? And it just lists off all these chemical names of things. And it's an effective scare tactic because those chemical names are things that people don't normally deal with. And they are scary sounding if you don't know because people fear the unknown. This is an unknown thing. What is tubulaba or whatever is in it? They just don't know that what what those chemicals are. But whenever you say, yeah, it's made from oranges, you could list off several of the ingredients of an orange, the chemical compounds that make up of an orange, and they're going to be just as scary sounding as the chemical compounds used to make Sunny D, which I believe includes oranges. Well, to be fair, Sunny D is garbage, but um, (laughs) (laughs) it is garbage. It is thick, nasty garbage that you can only make it taste palatable if you, like, thin it down probably, like, a quarter of that to water. (laughs) Half and half, maybe. It's too, ugh, it's gross. Uh, I want to drink thick Thick oranges. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Love me some thick oranges. Yeah. But Bring a the, bucket and a mop. Ew, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it, it's very similar to the kinds of discussions around uh, MSG, monosodium glutamate. It essentially was this huge topic, I think, in the 80s and 90s about how terrible it is and how it makes people sick and they get migraines I think my dad did get uh, MSG migraines, or at least so but he thought. But he, he thought so. A lot of it, 
as smart as your dad is, and I think that he's actually really very good, he also does not like things that are weird. Yeah. And he does not like things that are different. He is not an adventurous eater. How hard was it for me to convince him to eat a vegetable? You had to hide those vegetables real I good. did. I mean, to be fair, his son, you had to do the same thing with him. I did. <laughs> like father, like son. But, um, so, he, you know, he could have, I'm not saying he did, because I don't know your dad. I don't know the circumstances. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know your dad. I mean, I don't know his experiences. Yeah. Um, but there was a huge thing in the 80s and 90s about how bad MSG is, mm-hmm. how you should always avoid it. You should ask your local Asian food restaurant to not put it in there because it's bad. And it boiled down to xenophobia and racism. Um, and Isn't it basically like a kind of a salt or something? It is, bas- it is the umami flavor. And in chicken, in almost anything, you're going to have that kind of really great taste of of like mushrooms mm-hmm. or a well done turkey beef vegetable stock okay. that well rounded flavor that just basically tastes good it's the good tasting flavor <laughs> monosodium glutamate msg makes food taste good it is a naturally gained product from cooking oh. essentially um, in preserving, so, so they don't make it in a factory using they space do, lasers. They do make it in a factory with all those space lasers, but it is also a naturally occurring thing. <laughs> um, they just do it in great in great uh, volumes with yeah. those space lasers uh, on the moon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, where else are you going to have your space lasers? Yeah. I mean, if you ever watch Uncle Roger on YouTube, you know. <laughs> That you need the MSG to make the food taste good. Um, that said, there is also a discussion around something, you know, the the devil, uh, high fructose corn syrup, which actually studies have shown it's a not, it is a, a not good sweetener for your body. Um, just the way your body handles it, the way your body breaks it down is not great. That's but I'm a proponent of sugar. But neither is sugar. Neither is fructose. Neither is... The problem... The problem is that sweet stuff is bad for us? The problem is that food in without moderation can be bad for you. That's crazy. And talk. that is why we need to eat like 15 days straight of salads <laughs> after having that macaroni and cheese well we can't do that yet first we have to actually finish oh the macaroni God. and cheese we i don't know how, how many servings did it say on that recipe that it made do you remember i just did, i didn't know how much cheese to put in and how long to cook it i knew how to make everything else okay well how how much how many servings is that, that... well the pasta is like eight servings but usually they're like a very small portion is yeah. a serving yeah so we barely made a dent in this thing, there's at I don't least three more days of macaroni and cheese. I don't know if we can freeze it. Well, I also put I also put rotisserie chicken in it. Not that much though. No, we just I bought it the other day to have like a have a little chicken yeah. on top of my salad I made, but like um, I put a little rotisserie chicken in it. Um, 
but it's it's Wednesday when we're recording this. Yeah. We might finish it off Friday or Saturday. Can you can you freeze macaroni and cheese? <laughs> oh my god. So we're all eating it. And then for the next 2 weeks salads. We're never pooping again, you guys. Nope. <laughs> it's got to be uh, uh prunes and uh what's uh, like fibrous foods. Dude, I have I have I, I have IBS. I I I can I don't usually have this problem, but cheese is probably good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to be bloated, uncomfortable people for a few days. Well, the, what, what kind of cheese did we use in that macaroni and cheese? Because obviously um, we're dirty, stupid Americans and only have Velveeta, except that we didn't use any Velveeta. I, I refused to use... What I did was I... Well, I didn't want to take a cheats way of doing it because I don't like the flavor of Velveeta and I don't like the flavor of American cheese. Um, which is kind of going the antithesis of this whole podcast and saying like there's really nothing fundamentally wrong with these things i don't like the flavor yeah, of them but if you don't like the flavor you don't like the flavor yeah I, I think there's also something we said about when you're a kid the flavor is great oh my gosh i loved but i also never had we didn't have the opportunity to have real cheese yeah well whenever you're a kid like and you're in your you're out grocery my shopping or whatever. Pre- my parents were very poor. Yeah, but um, like when you, I was little. But you would so. every once in a while you would get to go to McDonald's. But they had American cheese on their mac. And McDonald's was amazing. I wasn't allowed a mac. You were you weren't allowed a McDonald's. Okay, well uh-huh. every once in a while I would be allowed McDonald's, and McDonald's was amazing. McDonald's is the best restaurant ever. Whenever you're a kid. We went to Hardee's, but I only ever had that at birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's would have been a birthday treat, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you, you get there and you get to wear, no, you don't get to wear the crown, that's Burger King. But you, you get the like little toy and your Happy Meal and all that good stuff. And now, growing up, I will occasionally eat at McDonald's because I'm hungry and McDonald's puts food in my stomach. Um, the breakfasts aren't bad tasting, they're not great tasting. Uh, the meals aren't bad tasting, they're not great I like tasting. The bre- I- of all of the foods that, that McDonald's makes, I like the breakfasts. Yeah. I like the breakfasts. But 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 I, it's essentially the same thing with, like, McDonald's as a kid as uh, American sliced cheese and Velveeta as a kid. It tastes good for some reason because you're a kid. Well, it's just because you're... you're it's a very unsophisticated palate. It's also pervasive in most of our foods. Yeah. The other thing, at least with me, um, I grew up in a rural town there until like probably a little bit recently just because of demand and the uh, the ease at which we can get a lot of things um uh anything that wasn't american cheese was exceptionally expensive yeah. expensive it still is too expensive to buy like when we go buy um when we buy sliced cheese we get the like actual cheddar but sliced like the deli yeah. slices um or actual po- uh, provolone. Jack, provolone yeah yeah because those sliced cheeses are economically uh affordable mm-hmm. at least for us right now oh gosh they weren't for a time and we just yeah. didn't buy any cheese I, I remember we would go to trader joe's and once a month or so we would treat ourselves and get like the a five dollar block of gouda, yeah. yeah, which was oh, gouda is really good. Love some gouda, and that that's 
the thing with like, and and all of these, all of these seats. What we're talking about is like all these cheeses that we're eating are American cheeses. They're made in America mm-hmm. because it's a lot more expensive to ship them from overseas than it is to make it in Wisconsin. Where well, Packers are cheese packers with cheese heads. California is actually the king of cheese in America. It's the king of pretty much all uh, of the fancier uh, things. Uh, all most of our fruits come from California. It's also a huge state, yeah. but most of our fruit fruits come from California. Almonds come from California. Avocados, cheese, milk. A lot of our um, production is in California. It's also be more milk from Texas too. No, I guess it's just California beef. is the biggest. I guess it would just be maybe um, beef production. California Texas, is or? the third largest economy in the Western world, I believe. Uh, the by last, itself, yeah. The last time I remember reading anything about it, it's like if California broke off from the United States, it would be the fourth. It might have upgraded behind, to the third. Well, behind America, yeah, it'd be like United States, a couple other places, and then California. Yeah. Um. it's a huge producer of so much of our foods and Wisconsin. I I just know that Wisconsin and California have like this beef back and forth because of this. This beef. Ah! I see what you did there. Um, Because of, of, of cheese production. But yes, uh, Wisconsin, um, which is pretty close to us, uh, you know, has a huge uh, cheese production. There is a, a farm that's close to us that has uh, bison and they produce bison cheese and beef yeah. and lots of things right near us. Um, there is a major uh, producer of different cheeses, Bon Bonavins. Oh, Bonne- I do not remember. It's, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I do not remember the name. Really close to us. We, we drove past it during uh, a trip to go camping this last summer. Huge uh, cheese production uh, company in Minnesota, locally made. Uh, it isn't just craft cheese. Um, it's like saying all British people have bad teeth. It's like saying, you know, French people smell like garlic and onions. That kind of stuff. It's like saying, also it's like saying all um, Scots are drunk all the time. It's not but, all the time. Yeah, it's only after two o'clock in the afternoon. No, uh, that's so mean. It was an eye-opening experience for my brother when he was visiting me in <laughs> in Scotland. Um, when we were walking somewhere, it was five in the afternoon. This dude was off his rocker. How drunk he was on a Wednesday. <laughs> it was like yeah, five. He was. Oh, you get off work at three. You that's could two hours suppose, yeah. to go drink, and it was downtown. It was like. Like city center Glasgow right there. I mean, there. I have been drunk, like off my rocker drunk at five o'clock before. I just usually don't walk around the streets when I do that. Yeah, it was kind of hilarious. At any rate, uh, there's a lot to be said about American foods. Um, we steal all of the good ones from impoverished peoples. <laughs> it's not stealing. <laughs> It's sharing. <laughs> We're sharing with our neighbors. Yeah, and I mean, other people. Uh, we are melting pot, and most of that pot is full of cheese. <laughs> I mean, cheese. Uh, there is a lot of potatoes in there. 
What else would be in the melting pot? Cheese, potatoes. Rice. Rice. Pasta. Pasta. And pizza sauce. Just tomatoes. Yeah. Well, the other thing to, to consider is... Um, as you can, you can, you know, crap all over American slices as much as you want, but it's yeah. also ubiquitous throughout the world now because uh-huh. essentially, um, American, American, uh, military has been throughout the world, uh, for how long, you know, uh, ever, World War II. Forever. Uh, basically, uh, oh, well, you know what? Over in the, uh, in East Asia, starting around, the 1900s ish when mm-hmm. we uh, when when we took control of the Philippines from Spain mm-hmm. that we started becoming more and more of an impact in the area. Um, America's imperial ambitions, overseas imperial ambitions, didn't really take off until around the 1900s. Yeah, yeah. And that's Basically, like, when we started when we started doing more political, like geopolitical ambitions yeah. with world war one and, and world war like woodrow wilson was elected because he's like we're not going to get into yeah. world war one if you elect me yeah and then, and then he, he did kind of lied um but the thing is when you have when you have military throughout the world they're going to bring their uh homegrown foods because of you know whatever rations they get and also yep. because of nostalgia and if you go to a lot of Asian countries right now, um, because of the presence of of American military in World War II and Vietnam and Korea, um, a lot of like Korean foods, they have American cheese, not, you know, any fancy, really pretty cheese. It's American cheese. It's going to be in their stews. It's going to be in a lot of their other foods. In the Philippines, Mm -hmm. you're going to have things like cheese and spam. You're going to have in Japan. It's very, very prohibitively expensive in Asia to get any other kind of cheese than American sliced cheese. Um, I guess because we make so much of it, we can just fit it all places. There's partially that and with Americans there's a there's a stew a chike in in Korea called American chike and it was made um because well we ruined them by with the Korean war I think we saved them okay. with our Korean war okay. half of them anyway okay <laughs> in in some parts of Korea they very much are pro-American yeah. military, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what they think, uh, because I am not them. Um, I am not Korea. Did you know this? You should. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not the nation of. I'm not the nation of Korea. North or South? No, neither of them. Um, but <clears throat> what they did um, create because they you know did not have a lot of resources after the war, um, South Korea, and they did not have a lot, and then they had a surplus of these rations and other things yeah. left over from food drops and other wherewithal from the American occupation over there. They created a jike, a stew made out of leftover military rations. One of the huge components of it is American, American cheese. Also hot dogs, also baked beans, also spam. Oh, that's so crazy. To- it, it's and the it's thing so is, crazy, like, because Hawaii is similar with Spam. 
I think the Philippines are similar with spam. Yep. And uh, and as far gosh, maybe this should be a discussion about preserved foods, but like yeah. places in places that do not or had not um, had um, you know pervasive, easy, and um, you know expen- inexpensive methods of food preservation like refrigeration they needed shelf stable foods mm-hmm. and canned meats canned yeah. cheeses and other jarring or jarred foods or um uh those fake ferm- beans too they're or, pretty jarring or fermented foods well yeah. no because like actually if you've ever have you ever had heinz beans the really nice yeah. tomatoey they're, ones they're the sweet they're, ones they're not sweet okay. they're just kind of tomatoey they're just they're just nice <laughs> um, they're nice. That's the ones you put on toast, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're just nice. This is and why the, the British aren't allowed to the, tell us about and that's our what, food. Well, the British because they it, put beans no. on toast. Beans on toast is actually nice. <laughs> that's because they have jellied eels. No one who has a thing called jellied eels should be able to tell me anything about food. Well, look, you have eels, and you're hungry. You got to figure out something. Well, they were eels from the Thames. They needed to cook the crap out of them. Yep. Because otherwise, they, you would probably die. But that was from the 1800s. But at, at any rate, uh, you know, places like in the Caribbean, um, Jamaica, one of their national dishes is saltfish, mm-hmm. which is a, a way of preserving fish. Another thing that is in a lot of um, foods from the Caribbean is uh, canned corned beef. Um, there's a lot of foods with canned corned beef because it's shelf stable. It lasts a long time. It provides protein um, in a place that didn't did not until probably about the the early two thousand early nineties late two or early two thousands had refrigeration. Yeah. Um, for, for all over. Uh, and now they can finally refrigerate that American cheese that goes so great with the uh, the salt fish. <laughs> well, no, no, no. The salt the salt fish dishes are a national dish of 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 a lot of places in the Caribbean. But um, so so basically, and to, to bring this back to the cheese as opposed yeah, to everything else, it's preserving like, it. Pre- pre- like whenever you think of a cheese in America, you do think. Of that sliced American cheese. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will think of that Velveeta. And I have no problem with you saying that you don't like it. Because I'm not a big fan of it either. Um, But the things that... Like it, it is it is cheese. It's not like fake cheese. It's real cheese. No, it's it's cheese preserved. Yeah. Well, well, cheese is cheese preserved. Right. But you take cheese and like the the macaroni and cheese you made. It is a cheese product. Right. But you could not call it a cheese. Like essentially what. What was in the pot after you put the cheese in and mixed it up and it all melted. That is a cheese. cheese. That is a cheese food. That is. It is a cheese food. Or a cheese product. So. So yes. Technically. It is a cheese food. It is a cheese cheese product. But it has cheese in it. The reason it is a cheese product and not cheese is because it's cheese Mixed with other stuff. Mm-hmm. Just like the cheese sauce that you make in your macaroni and cheese, it's not cheese, it's a cheese sauce. It's a cheese product. There's nothing inherently wrong with a cheese product or using a cheese product as opposed to using cheese. There is a problem if you don't like the flavor of it. There is also a problem with the expanded use of overly... Uh, manufactured, produced, uh, overly um, 
preserved, these extra preservatives, like salt is a preservative. And you're like, oh, there's nothing inherently bad with salt. Yeah, well, to a degree. Well, like, take a teaspoon of it. Yeah. That's the thing. A lot of these products, soy sauce um, is also has the salt in there. It, it has other pres- preservation yeah. properties. Phosphates, um, you can distill them down and, and work them through your food to help preserve them naturally. A large proportion of, too large of a proportion of, of them all um, is the problem. Um, and one of the huge issues with Amer- the American diet is that um, we, we humans... Our digestive, uh, our digestive system mm-hmm. was not evolved to really deal with all of these extra, 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 yeah. extra preservatives and extra ways of of making food taste good mm-hmm. to the degree that will now we have a large obesity problem because it one easy to get calorie high foods yeah, which is a good thing because of preservatives but it's a bad thing but it's a good thing yeah but it's a bad I like i i would rather because, have fat people than starving people well that's but it's still not great to have but fat it's people. one of the reasons why it, american cheese was so ubiquitous is because you took a little thing make it a long way and then make it part of the culture the mm-hmm. what we made our food around um if we had not been so spread out, we could have had the small mom and pop cheese places that we could have gone easier to, you know, get our fruits and vegetables from the locals. Yeah. But, you know, you have a rural, you've rural, you know, dingle bang up in northern Minnesota or, you know, the center of North Dakota. You just cannot get that there. Yeah. Economically. So you have food deserts. And two and food deserts are either going to be in the middle of nowhere or, or in the middle of the city. Yep. Um, and I think Minnesota is probably a little bit better than other cities, possibly. But I, I, you know, one only because I'm, we have some public transportation. Maybe I'm trying to think. Like, if you're looking for a mom and pop place, that's like they are all over the place. They are, but, but they are still expensive. Yeah. Um, just because of they are prohibited by the kinds of fees that large distributors charge. Yeah. For instance, one of the reasons why in in the old retail place I worked, we would disallow people from buying large amounts of soda products is because basically these local mom and pops would come in because they could not get a distributor to distribute to them for the amount of product that they could successfully store and sell. So they would come into our stores and buy all of our milks, all of our sodas, Mm -hmm. all of our cereals. So we couldn't sell any of them to anybody else. Especially like if, if you ever go into like most major big box retail stores, uh, one week, uh, it'll be Coca-Cola products on sale, three for $10. The next week, it'll be Pepsi products on sale, three for $10. And they'll go back and forth like that. So these uh, these smaller stores would come into the store, and they would grab whatever is on sale that whatever is on special that week. 20, 20, 40 20 cases of these cases things. Yeah. of the sodas. So we would have nothing to sell at anybody else. But it wouldn't just be sodas because of uh, programs like food staffs food stamps ebt and wick 
a lot of these local mom and pops would try to be able to serve their customers locally because, you know, someone could walk down the street and get it from them rather than take a bus to get to, to the store we worked at. And so they were still serving their local market. Um, but, and so they, so, you know, local mothers and fathers can get through their WIC program, women's women, infants and children get the milk or the formula that they Mm -hmm. need, but they would come to our store and buy every single bit. So no one shopping at our store could get those products themselves. And it's because it's, I'm gonna poop on capitalism, not political cheese discussion. Um, <laughs> oh, we're not even talking about cheese at this point. No, but, it, but, but, but I do think that the, 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 the discussion about cheese is going to come down to this sort of thing mm-hmm. because it's the reason we, we have a lot of the different food cultures in America mm-hmm. is, is, it boils down to a lot of distribution and the, the ability to get yeah. things from one place to another. Um, and because uh, companies can get away with doing this. They will not, because of their bottom dollar, they can't get as much from local mom and pops. They can't move as much through them. They will say, okay, if you can't take a whole pallet, and a pallet is huge, you guys. Yeah. A pallet is about five feet square and about five feet tall. At least, yeah. Of sodas. In a local mom and pop corner store, they cannot safely store that and now consider how much that is of soda. Now consider how much it has to be of cereal, milk, all these other things. They do mm-hmm. not have the storage room. They don't have the manpower to to deal with this. So mm-hmm. that's why a lot of these places, they cannot get uh, distribution rights or, or, or contracts with these companies. And they can't get the Coke person to come to their little store because yeah, their you little could, store is you too can small. Get, you can get the Heggie's Pizza person to come to your store because Heggie's Pizza is a local pizza company. Yeah. You can get, you know, Kemp's to come to their store because Kemp's has a long history of working with uh, smaller businesses, mm-hmm. uh, but not all small businesses. What if, you know, you are in the middle of Minneapolis with no parking and no nothing, mm-hmm. you have nowhere for this, you have nowhere for this truck to go. They, they could just do the same thing that they do on Grand Street. Yeah. And just park in the middle of the street. True. But I mean, part of the huge problems with America isn't just, oh, you know, they're not selling things to people. They're not wanting to go sell to Dinglebang, uh, Northern Minnesota, nearly Canada. It's, prohibitively expensive to do so mm-hmm. um, because companies and the government don't incentive, incentivize that to happen. That's one of the reasons why inner cities can be one of the biggest food deserts and rural America, which people tend to forget about um, as far as food and, oh, and amenities. Lives there. And plus, they, they live with all this wildlife that they can just go out and kill and eat and pick Except wild for, blackberries. Okay. Except for, you know, northern Minnesota, almost Canada, whenever for six months out of the year it's covered in snow and death. <laughs> it's not covered in death. It's just mostly covered in snow. Um, so that, that's, but that's, but that's kind of going to say, so you just don't care about people if they're poor. You just don't care about people if they're farther away from you. And that's kind of one of the reasons why a lot of these preserved goods 
are so good, um, people can have these foods in further and further away. And yes, a lot of these better for you products are lesser expensive, but it isn't always feasible for someone in Dinglebang, Minnesota, in you know, in the Iron Range, to get seasonable foods. Yeah, you can't always get seasonal foods. You can't always get things that are you know able to be frozen. I, you have power outages in you know rural Minnesota when the snow breaks your power lines. Well, then you just open up your freezer outdoors and you got Yeah, but how do you cook it? Oh, with a fire. In your house? I mean, yes. So, that's another like these no, are these are all, the <laughs> these are all things to consider in a in a wide in a wildly changing world, in a world where yes, pre- preserved foods can, you know, serve you well, but they're not always the best for you. They're high in calories. It's better to get fresh green beans than it is to get canned green beans. And Not necessarily. Frozen green beans. frozen green beans are actually t- typically picked at... Ooh, boy, do I have a thing oh, to say about... What but, about cheese? Is a freshly picked cheese better? <laughs> no. Or frozen the, cheese? The nutritional value of cheese is minimum. The, the, the thing... <laughs> well, why do we love cheese so much? Because it's a fat. Well, fat is good for you. To a degree. Exactly. And it's also a way for us to preserve the... It's another way for us to consume a product so we don't throw it away. Milk, in this case. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is one of the hugely good reasons to have cheese. Um, More and more, me learning about uh, world foods and, and, and different ways of preserving foods, the more I am wanting to use as much as possible of the animal if we are going to continue to you know be carnivores omnivores then we should make as much use out of that animal that we can as well as whatever vegetables in that you know we want to be able to use as much of the vegetable uh whatever it is as possible we should use the leaf of the rhubarb that's a poison. I mean, we should use the loop. The, 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 the loop? The, the loop? The loop of the rhubarb. Use it to poison our enemies. Sure. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe the toxin in the rhubarb can be used to make some sort of Something. amazing yeah. diarrheal. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a little bit of just put a little bit of the leaf in your soup in your tomato soup, and the next thing you know, you're pooping for days. Legit, legit, legit. So it's, it's the new, it's the new constipation. So there's this. Don't, this don't don't do that. Don't do don't not eat, eat rhubarb, rhubarb leaves, leaves ever. So well, one of the things uh, with Minnesota is rhubarb grows crazy wild here. Yeah, and and that that's the thing when when you're like use all the animal, it's like yeah, we should. There there are so many. We are spoiled, and by we, I mean Americans and Europeans and a lot of people who live in wealthy parts of the world and wealthy, relatively wealthy parts of the country. We're spoiled because we will get, like, not only do we just go to the store and buy the bologna, which is cut from the pig, I think, is bologna, or is it 
Beef? What's bologna made out of? The leftover pieces of pig. So bologna it's actually a- is a good thing. Whatever. So instead of that, we'd be looking more like a Hold ham. On. Okay. So okay. So this isn't where I was going. No, no, but well, cool. Let me, Let's let me, talk about it. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's we haven't even hit an hour yet, so we're still good. So we we we're a little bit spoiled in that, like if there's the gross part. Unless I guess we can't see it because they fell into the baloney. So yeah, we're we're not only we're, we're we're a little bit better than I thought we were. Just no. by thinking about it. No, because here's the deal. Uh, okay. Um, a lot of countries have like kind of a sausage culture. They have a culture where, you know, they kind of laud their sausages. Mm-hmm. Um. Great Britain is one of those places that they have these sausages, these pe- these pieces of 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 they take the leftover pieces of of food. Um, yeah, it's it's a cut that people don't want. Yeah, and then they do make it into a sausage, and that's great, and it's celebrated. It's sometimes made fun of, like haggis is oh, it's so gross. Uh, the Scottish is na- Scotland's national dish is so nasty. It's cooked curry in- is not nasty. <laughs> oh. Don't be weird. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the haggis is this gross thing and it's cooked in the stomach and gross. Okay. Literally, that is one of my thoughts that I used to have. Because, one, I'm not a humongous fan of a lot of sausages. Um, but it was also me being a snobby little so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Um Ew, it's in a stomach and it has lungs and kidneys and all these other like pieces, heart and whatever it is, it's in there. Oh, gross. And it's put in there with suet, which is animal fat and oatmeal. Oh, sounds disgusting and blood. Ew. Pemmican. Pemmican? Yeah, it's kind of similar. Okay. Because it's it's made of a bunch of stuff. Okay, sure. But uh, really what it is, is... A way of using the rest of the sheep to make sure nothing goes to waste. That's what sausage is. Bologna, traditional bologna. Mm -hmm. um, Bologna. Bologna. Traditional sausages of these sort are ways of using the rest of the meat. And American bologna is definitely... A garbage because like you're gonna go into the store and you're gonna get that bologna and it's gonna taste like chemicals and it's because it is so overly preserved, yeah, overly processed. Like salty meat substance. It tastes like it tastes like chemical salty meat. Once goo. again, whenever you're eight years old, it's the best thing in the world. But the thing is, I I used to love it. I used to think it was like Same here. really really good. I'd like to make little patterns by folding it in half oh, yeah. and like oh, biting yeah. little oh, yeah. holes in it. Little bologna snowflakes. Yeah. Um, cooking it, if you fry that stuff in a little frying pan and put it on your sandwich, it is so much better. It is so good. Because a lot of the foods that we see as cold cuts, as, 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 you know, cheap slices of meat, which, you know, bologna is a cheap slice of meat, mm-hmm. on purpose. Yeah. Um, spam, <clears throat> which, I have my eyes have been opened to spam by by you know consuming all of these videos of you know world foods that yeah. have it. 
Just cook the dang thing. Don't. <laughs> like, don't just well, shove it in your mouth. Of course you don't like it. You haven't done yeah. anything to it. It's like, the thing is, like, I used to think a huge treat was getting a, a raw hot dog and being able to just eat this raw hot dog. Do you remember Vienna sausages? Yes. Yeah. I, I can't. I do not like Vienna sausages, but I was, I've had them in a long time. But I, I remember one time, whenever I was a kid, loved Vienna sausages. Vienna sausages, bologna, and American cheese. As a kid, I'm yeah. happy until we go to McDonald's. Yeah, and, and so nowadays like, it's like McDonald's is the thing I go to because it's quick and easy. Yeah, bologna, I'll eat if there's nothing else. Vienna sausages, I just don't even like anymore. Did you ever have them in the in the really good barbecue sauce though? The homemade barbecue sauce? I did you. No, but you know what? If you, oh my god, if you it throw, is so good. Like if you throw little Vienna sausages into something that will cover up the taste of a Vienna sauce. Because no, but the thing is, like, that's that's one of the things with a lot of these products, a lot of these sauces mm-hmm. and stuff, is you have to do something to it. Yeah. Which Americans, I don't, I, I, I really feel that a lot of traditional Americans are like, oh, you're supposed to do something. It's an ingredient. Oh. How, how did I used to cook steak? Yeah. Like, when, when before, uh, before we met, before she showed me what good food tastes like, like my steak, I, I would use salt. And that was the only thing I used for steak because my opinion was, which I think this is pretty similar to my dad's, um, is that if it's a good steak, then you don't need anything to go onto it, which is true. Kind of. To an extent. But you could take a really good steak and if you put some salt and some pepper and some, some garlic powder or something and or do another thing or do another thing or do another... There are ways that you can take a steak and instead of just cooking it more or less plain with just salt and pepper, put this, that, or the other onto it, it makes it a hundred times better. We went to a restaurant down the street from us as a treat back whenever we were we didn't have any money. So like for a birthday or for it Christmas was, or something. It, we had more money than we had had for about two years. Yeah, I, I think that was the holy crap. We have money again. Holy let's, crap! Let's go buy a We steak. have more than a hundred dollars in our bank account. It was for our Valentine's Day slash move anniversary, mm-hmm. which our our move anniversary is the day she moved in with me is Are the day sure? after Valentine's Day. Are you sure it was for that and not our joint birthday month? I'm because we, sure. they gave us a little cake. Because it was Valentine's Day or because it was birthday. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. At any rate, so we went to a local, and they do have very nice cuts of beef. Amazing cuts, cooked temperature-wise very well to me. I like mine rare. They cooked it very nicely rare. I bit into it expecting greatness, and it didn't. It was it was just not because great. Here's here's what they did. They only salted it. They didn't do anything else to it, mm-hmm. and. At this point, when we used to have any kind of spare money to treat ourselves, I would get terrible cuts of meat and I would marinate them. Or I would put a, you know, a salt rub on them. Or I would treat them in such a way. And you would do some stuff. Yeah. Or or whenever we we won the steaks that one time at the meat raffle. First time I'd ever been to a meat raffle. First time I've ever, ever heard of a meat raffle. And we won these two really nice steaks. Yeah. And we went to a park and we cooked it up in a grill. And I put, I put lots of seasoning on them too. You, you did, yeah. But it was it was so funny because CJ has has gone from 
I'm the only one allowed to cook steaks because I cook them right to now CJ goes, how do you cook steaks again? <laughs> um, but that was because, so we went to this local steak shop that everybody says is great, but all they did to it is put a little bit of salt and a little bit of pepper on it. And CJ's like, this is lacking. And it's because they didn't do anything to it. Yeah. Um, but that's a lot of Americans' idea yeah. about what makes things taste good. And, the, and at the steak place, it's like what they expect you to do, especially as a Minnesotan, because they're weird up here sometimes. Is instead of cooking it well and putting the spices on the thing as you cook it, they want you to have a... Heinz 57, uh, a, a, a one steak sauce. Mm -hmm. So you put the steak sauce on it. And it oh, it tastes great. And to me, it's like you, you use steak sauce whenever you screw the steak up mm -hmm. or you use steak sauce whenever it's not that great of a cut of steak and you don't have time you to marinate. You use steak sauce to marinate Yeah, or, or you use steak sauce to marinate it. Mm -hmm. But like if you're using steak sauce after it's cooked, and, and this has been my opinion for a very long time, that means that you didn't cook it good. So this is kind of alluding to what Americans do is they see the food, this ingredient that a lot of the world sees as an ingredient. And instead of saying it as an ingredient, they see it as the food you eat. Um, only boiling potatoes and doing nothing else to them. Um, only baking the potato and doing nothing else to it. Only grilling the steak and doing nothing else to it. Um, putting the bologna on a sandwich and doing nothing else to it. Might but, put ketchup on it. Right, but not actually like using it. Mm -hmm. The reason I bring this up is because it goes back to my the idea that I was talking about mm -hmm. earlier is if we're going to use a product, we're going to use a meat or whatever it is, let's use the whole thing. Ew, gross intestines, but... You go to other parts of the world that, of course, want to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. They want to use the whole part of the animal, and they're going to make something like blood tofu. Um, they're going to use... That sounds horrifying. <laughs> like, I've never had it. I would like to try it. I would apparently, try it. Apparently, it's extremely good. Um, they have... Um, they have... Sounds, it sounds like a video game. Blood tofu. Right. Enter the kitchen. Oh, <laughs> death. Sure. No, it sounds like a metal band. Um, but like <laughs> it's a Korean death metal band. Yeah, sure. But like, but but you know, they also serve intestines. They also serve you know preserved shark meat in in Finland. Mm -hmm. I uh, in wait, Norway. Wait a second. Knowing how they preserved it in in Finland and knowing that it is a manly food makes me not want to have it um how do but, they preserve it by peeing on it <laughs> how do they preserve it by peeing on it is that why it's manly because you gotta pee on it and and then, it's like, it's, it's, yes yes it is <laughs> oh one of the problems with a lot of european foods is, is you pee on it no is one of the problems with a lot of european foods is how the they culturally decided to preserve it was via fermentation or uh, putting it in the snowbank until it is done, and <laughs> and a part and part partly. I'm I'm more familiar with Asian foods and European foods and American foods than I am with like um, like African, African foods. Middle Eastern, yeah. Um, I have experience with Middle Eastern, but just because of my friends, but they yeah. would 
you know, they they wouldn't talk to me a lot about it, but I've eaten because a lot they of your, wanted you to eat the Yeah, they just wanted me to eat the food. They didn't talk to me about how to make it. It's like, so this is made from a goat's butthole. No, 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 no. They, 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 they ate a lot of goat, but in, in North Dakota, where we were going to school, there was not a lot of places to get it. They would only usually reserve, like, they're also students. They yeah. only reserve their money to get these goat products for, you know, actual celebration times. But, um, and then my friends from South America, um, they, uh, were also poor. So the problem with that is like they just did not have the ability to cook their foods that they would have normally. Um, but I have more experience with the Asian countries just because of the the pervasiveness of it on YouTube. Yeah. It's easy to find that on YouTube for me. It's easy to find a lot of different kinds of Asian restaurants too. Like Chinese, yeah, yeah. Korean, well, Japanese. I mean, with us here, there's a yeah. there's it's pretty easy to find African like a lot of yeah. East African. Oh, uh, because because we've gone to a couple of different Ethiopian places and Somali. <clears throat> We've yeah. been to an Ethiopian, we've been to a couple, of, well, we have friends who are Somali. Yep. And then we have been to an Ethiopian place at least once. No, no, more, we've more than two, one. We've been to two, two. different ones. And yeah. then one was Somali. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, we have friends from West Africa, but not as many. At least in Minneapolis and St. Yeah. Paul, it's more of an East African area. So I don't know a lot of people from South Africa areas. Um, it's mostly West, like, uh, and then French Africa a little bit. Mm -hmm. I only studied it linguistically in university, but not like food culturally. <laughs> we talked about other things. If you guys have experiences with uh, world foods, uh, I'd love to know more of your experiences with it, as well as does your world culture have a love-hate relationship with cheese? Do you ever use American-style cheeses in your day-to-day -day life and then pretend you don't? Um, that's really important because uh, a lot of people pretend they hate a thing, but then they use it every day. So I'd like to know, uh, I'd like to know about that. And did, did this change your opinion about American cheese culture? Or I think at this point we've gone beyond cheese, but I'm not changing the name of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now that the, I was going to say the discussion of cheese, but again, it evolved far beyond cheese. No, but now I, that I think it's, it's a good discussion because cheese actually is about preservation of foods. And we have talked a lot about foods. One of my favorite subjects. I just burped a little and it tastes like macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. That is how recent we have uh, recorded this after our mac oof. and cheese feast. There is so much cheese. I mean, technically, it wasn't oh mac and cheese. Three, three blocks of cheese. Oh, my God. That's really good, though. I'm going to have a heart attack. So for today's Lib to Lib, we're going to play uh, Will You Press the Button. It's going to be a few few different rounds of Will You Press the Button. It's mostly because... We, we, we didn't ask anybody. We didn't ask anybody. What, and like, we just started recording, and I didn't realize until probably about... 10, 15, 20 minutes ago. We need a lib to lib. So this one's going to be easy, and both of us will have the same answer. Mm -hmm. um, you become the ruler of an industrious, patriotic nation that is guaranteed to conquer the continent, but you are literally Hitler. 
No. No, that's stupid. Of course Horrible. not. Horrible. The amount of people who said yes is still concerning. Yeah, there's 38% of people who are literally Hitler. That's... Um... Will you press the button? You gain the powers of Spider-Man forever, as opposed to for five minutes, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but you must eat a whole jar of spiders to gain them. Yep, do it. Well, we were just talking about how, like, you know, we need to be more exploratory with... I'll do it. ...with food and stuff. Yep, I'll do it. Um, are the spiders alive when you eat them? I don't care. I'll do it. You know what I'm thinking? Power of spider, Especially is it the, the Spider-Man powers where he shoots webs straight out of his skin? Yeah, but the thing is, if you're... Into Spider-Man, you find out, like, that ability, it was only temporary because of how much he needed to be able to use it. That he needed to get an actual mechanism that was sewn into his suit to be able to produce that more. No, that's not the original reasoning. Oh, that's they, they, why they I have, watched in the They have retconned. Is. They have retconned Spider-Man so much in the comics and movies. Itself. I don't friggin' read comic. I don't read. Oh yeah, we're gonna push the button on this one. Yay! It's about half and half for that one. Oh, okay. Well, no, it was still like people are really scared of I eating. I said about half and half. The people are scared about eating bugs, and I'm like, you guys are dumb and. I don't know stupid. if I want to eat live spiders because they might bite me on the inside of my mouth. But if I know I'm gonna have the powers of Spider-Man, I suppose I'd be fine with it. Mm-hmm. So, I, and it doesn't have to sit. They, I mean, there could be a jar of spider. I just punch and kill them all and then eat them. Just screw the top and you shake them until they die or warm them up. That sounds suspiciously like cooking them. Yeah. Is that allowed? It I didn't, mean, it didn't say, say you, you couldn't. couldn't. Fair enough. We're going to have cooked spider. Yeah. We're going to take this jar of spiders. We're going to put it in a nice bechamel and make some spider Heck mac yeah. and cheese. Yeah. We said we needed a little extra something something in it. We needed to have, like, pieces of chicken or spider. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe spider was the missing ingredient for our mac and cheese. Because eating it, it's like, this is really amazing. Oh, good. It, it needed an electrolyte. It needs something, something that I don't know, and it was spider <laughs> yes. the whole time. CJ's like, oh, maybe that we needed to have a little crunchy bits on the top. And CJ's like, no, spider. So <laughs> Will you press the button? Mm-hmm. You become extremely intelligent, but. Already am. You look exactly like Lil Wayne, and people will notice it. That's fine. I'm trying to remember who Lil Wayne was. Lil Wayne's got long, like, do, like dreads. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he has a grill and, like, stunner shades. He, he's a nice-looking man. Sure, I'll look like Lil Wayne. It's an improvement. Ah. <laughs> ah. Ah. <laughs> uh. 43% of people are said racist. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, the f- 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 uh, 57% people are racist. Well, you press the button, you get $1 million. But Finger to the corner of the lips. You have to take your mom shopping every day for a year. I'll do it. I will definitely do it. Yeah. Do I, I have love to spend to... the million dollars or do we spend I would totally. Money? I will spend the million dollars I mean, on after, my mommy. After, after like two months, you're like, all right, mom, it's time to go shopping again. It's like, Ah, oh, fine. Let's just go to Seven Eleven and get a candy bar so we can get back home. After a while, who who could go shopping every day and enjoy it? That, I I don't think anybody could. I think you would get tired of it eventually. Sure, I'll take my mommy shopping as many as many times as she 30, wants. 30% of the people really hate their moms. Yeah. All right. You are transported through time and space to the Harry Potter Wizarding World in 1997. But... 
you will die of non-magical and non-dramatic causes before the Battle of Hogwarts. No. That sucks. No, I'm not going to do that. It's like you you died of like tripping, falling, and breaking I your died neck of, down You the died stairs. of dysentery because they don't know anything about cleanliness. Now you got to poop I on the like floor. I would like the students. <laughs> do then you have to wash your hands after <laughs> you poop. If you don't. We will all die. <laughs> We're going to say no. Yeah, no. I mean, it would be really cool. They're to be stupid and wrong. The 32% of yeah, people. Yeah, they're stupid I, and wrong. There's a thing about people and statistics. And I remember like in, in, in statistics class, in political science classes, people are very stupid. And about, you can, you can convince like 10 to 30% of people to do just about anything. Like, the, 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 the really interesting statistics are, like, the half and half and the 90 to 10. The half and half, like, 40 to 60% versus 60 to 40%, or and the, and the 90 to 10%. You're always going to get the 5% who are literally Hitler. And that's interesting. And you're, you're, you're going to get those 50-50 questions. Like, the 30-70 questions, they're, like, meaningless. They're mostly, mostly meaningless. Go ahead and read that one. Will you press the button? Would you have sex with a beautiful woman or man every night if you want, but never kiss, cuddle, hug the rest of your life? No. No. I mean. No. I would just, like, what do you do after sex? You, you need to cuddle. I just I just prefer cuddling. And sometimes you don't want sex. You just want cuddle. Cuddle. Only cuddle. Um. Okay. Will you press the button? You can be anyone you want, but you never have a stable relationship lasting longer than a year. You can be, be with, with, an, anyone. with anyone. He's like, you can be anyone you want. It's like, I already am someone I want. Okay. But you, you can be in, with, with anyone, anyone you, you want, want but, but can... never have a stable relationship. No. Well, then what's the point of being with anyone you no. want if you can have a stable relationship with them? That's another sex question. Why are you being like, all the sex questions? I'm getting Harry Potter, and you're getting, hey, baby. Because because the world hates me particularly. <laughs> okay, so this one's not a sex question, I don't think. You can summon a demonic guitar whenever you want. Nice. Ooh, but... but you can never learn or forget how to play it. And you can only summon it at, one at a time. What? Yeah, say read it again. You could summon so a demonic guitar whenever, whenever you want, want, but you can never, never learn or forget how to play it. Why would you f- Why would forget? you learn? Why would you What? That this makes This question is no stupid. Sense. I will say yes. Well, we're going to go ahead and push the button. <laughs> yeah, it's about it's 46 to 54 probably because nobody understood what Guess that question was, was really on. bad. Okay, I'll sort of read this one. You have the perfect body you dreamed of having. Another sex question. But you will have Nicolas Cage's face. Who has Nicolas? Okay, what face does Nicolas Cage have I mean, then? Nicolas Cage is not a bad looking he, fella. He needs his face. I think they mean. I think they mean like the oh, reaction. Oh, I have Nicolas. I have Nicolas Cage's face like, in a jar. Yeah, 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 yeah. I keep Nicolas Cage's face on a jar. And, and I it, have my perfect boulder. Yeah, I mean a loophole. B. Nicholas Cage is not bad looking. I would take Nicholas. I mean, Cage's I, face. I think they were thinking of that meme face that he has. The 
I mean, sure, yeah. but I'm not going to be meme facing all day long. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe I'm going to push the button. I'll push the button. They're wrong. So we said yes. Most people said no. I mean, I, I suppose a Nicolas Cage face on a woman probably wouldn't quite be as great. It would make mine better. So no, it wouldn't. Okay. Would you press the button? You will enter history as the savior of mankind, but you will die in less than three years. Oh, Jesus? Are you Jesus? I, I think you're Jesus. I'm Jesus. Will you save humanity, CJ, or will you die? Save humanity from what? Itself. I mean, I have serious objections to this question, so I'm going to say I will not because the question is dumb. Most people said they would not because they don't want to be Jesus. Well, what happens to Jesus? He died. Exactly. Um... I'm going to say this should be the last question. Last question. All right, last question. Last question. The book show genre of your dreams comes out, and you get it for free. Okay. But everyone you know makes fun of you for getting it. You mean my life? No, I'm just kidding. So, that's, that's sad. So the book slash show... Essentially, oh, it's... The book show slash get... What is this question? It's the the, the favorite so the, thing. So your favorite thing ever comes out, comes and out. you love it, and you get it for free. But everyone makes fun of you for consuming it. For, okay, that's stupid. Yeah, it's a stupid. Push. Yeah, pushing that button. Yeah, seventy three percent of so the people that, are right. I, I think that's a bad last question. So let's get the next one. All right, let's do the next question. <laughs> <laughs> this is an easy one. Okay, but is this stupid like the last it's one? It's very stupid, but it'll be quick, and then we can go to the next one. You are the absolute wait, wait. ruler I of Earth. I thought we were turning around this out. Yeah, but you're the absolute ruler of Earth. Oh, yeah, true. But the Earth will be destroyed in five years. Okay. Yes or no? Yeah, sure. You're going to be the absolute ruler of Earth, yeah. but it'll be destroyed. I don't care. I mean, I suppose at this point we could like get Elon Musk to get us to Mars. Elon Musk can suck my big toe. I want to push that button. Thirty-six percent of the people said no. Oh, this is depressing. Okay, let's hear the depression. You will always be happy, but the love of your life will always be sad. But that's the thing. Then I don't. Think How can I be happy if be... you're sad? Yeah. It's like oh 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 you're sad. Well, that's a shame. I'm gonna go be happy over here. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think people put a lot of philosophical you, thought in these yeah, questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Twenty-five percent of the people said, said yes. Yes, they're because, they're dumb because they're horrible. They're children human beings. and stupid. Okay, I believe that that will conclude. So you guys, our, uh, please stuff. at us at uh, twitter.com slash friendly. We, we have a D we have a D I S S N C E D I S S N C E. We, we have a whole outro. I don't want to have an outro. You don't want to have an outro? Fine, not right not now. use the outro. Thank you. Fine. Thanks, everybody. Um, Please uh, save us from this stupid website of pushing buttons and add us with uh, questions about different live to live yeah. topics. It can be dumb. I mean, it can't oh be dumber gosh, than that. Oh my gosh, it could so, not be dumber than that. So yeah, make it make it dumb, make it stupid, make it uh, some, something we could des- discuss for like at least five minutes. Yeah. But uh, it, it can be incredibly stupid. Yeah. Uh, actually, 
stupid could be extremely good. Because we overthink a lot of things. And also, sometimes our topics are pretty heavy and we'd like to have something to kind of like elevate um, the Sometimes the our topics are stupid and then they turn into heavy, like cheese. Cheese is very political in my and, brain. And heavy. It's so heavy. My God, we had three blocks of cheese shredded up into a stupid bechamel sauce. <laughs> it was so heavy. <laughs> All right, everyone, you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Uh, I am Abby. I'm CJ. Um, this has been the Friendly Dissonance Podcast. Oh, so episode, now you're reading the script. Episode 13. Cheese! If you want to add to the co- Twitter conversation, tweet us at Friendly, D-I-S-S-I-N-C-E. <laughs> also, if you have us... Question for us for a Lib to Lib segment, tweet us that as well. So now now after you have established that you didn't want to read the script, you decided to read the script. I'm an enigma.